Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cheers, everybody. We are back for another edition of Bourbon on a Budget. Myself, TJ Pittenger, Ben Cock, and Brendan Sinone. And we are joined by a very special guest, Mr. Elliot Feinblum, who is a whiskey in- enthusiast. Is that, am I saying that right? Brendan Wright's for a living. Aficionado, enthusiast. Aficionado. Um, Brendan and I know Elliot and have known Elliot. Just he works for FSU. So up in kind of the world that Brendan lives in and um, – I'm trying to dabble in a little bit. And so we appreciate Elliot for taking some time and hanging out with us tonight. Um, Elliot, tell the people a little bit about yourself before we get rolling here. Um, I've been begging Brendan to get on the podcast for like six months. So, mm-hmm. he has. you know, yeah, it's been, you know, he kept telling me, well, we got to get our timing down and we got to work <laughs> on our core group before we bring in outsiders. So. <laughs> So no, uh, so the, the separate the separate is he's taking no liberties at all with that story. But that's entirely true. Those are the exact. I've been begging him to get like, off for six months. So <laughs> whoa, <laughs> I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do my office space. So uh, the pleasure's all on this side of the screen. Over here. <laughs> um, no, no, yeah, uh, you know, been enjoying my bourbon for quite some time i wouldn't say you know a fish not or just a fan like a lot of other people been at fsu now for about 20 years working in the sports world but uh i often tell people you know i my wife and i second marriage for both of us no kids so the money i would be spending on sending my kids to summer camp all goes into bottles so um you know whenever i have people come over and you know they're a little you know make a comment about my bourbon or whatever i'm like look man i, I you know I don't have some of the other things y'all have. Your kids are yeah. going to love you for, you know, the rest of your life. My <laughs> bottles are going to turn out being empty and go in the recycle bin. So, <laughs> so don't, don't be too envious over it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I started, um, I really started with scotch and I think like most people, uh, you know, Eagle rare kind of, you know, was my gateway drug. It's my favorite. The bourbon. And since then I've been, you know, making bad, yeah, been making bad decisions on bourbon buying and selling and trading and, wishing I had bottles back that I got rid of and all that, but enjoying every minute of it. Ben says that Eagle rare is his favorite. He mm. rated Eagle rare so um, good. like 3.75 or yeah, something. Let's just look it up to, it's a great to, bottle. to make sure. So we on April fool's day, I sent Ben or I gave Ben a sample of Eagle rare and told him that it was Basil Hayden. And right. so he went into the review thinking it was Basil Hayden and uh, yeah, yeah he, rated, he rated he rated it four point seven five. One of his favorite bourbons of all time. Uh, he couldn't <laughs> yeah uh, he could not let the biases. So anytime somebody brings up Eagle Rare, we have to remind Ben that he gave it eight absolutely terrible. Yeah, it's it it fair bourbon. <laughs> favorite bourbon four point five. <laughs> I, I gotta try the Eagle Rare seventeen hundred dollar bottle, the double Eagle or whatever it is. Oh, I'm sure they'll serve it somewhere around for 
$400 a pour, which won't be worth it. But talk about yeah. a sexy bottle. That one is, ooh. Mm. Yeah. yeah. The uh, the local cigar, I know you're a big cigar guy as well. Um, the local cigar store by us, Davidoff, Ben, has one, and it's like $17,000. Uh, I don't think they're giving out pours. Yeah. I each have to buy the bottle, and I'm just yeah. like, oh. You I know. may buy it just to give you a sample and then tell you it's Basil Hayden. Just like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, I was I was a big angel angels envy basil head. Like as my journey continued, you know, it all changes over time. You know, those mm -hmm. were all bourbons I really enjoyed at some point in my life. Eagle Rare still, I still have tons of bottles of Eagle Rare, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of those, I mean, we'll we'll jump into things here in just a minute, but like a lot of those are very entry level, right? Like in, you know, like it's hard for, it's hard to, we're going to review in the next episode something that's 110 proof. It's hard to give a new person that's just getting into bourbon that, right? But yeah. something that is approachable is Basil Hayden, right? Is something that's a little lighter on the palate. Um, but then once you've wrecked yourself with stuff that's like 110, 120, 130 proof, yep. it's hard to pick up a lot of flavor out of some of those other out ones. So those are... There, yeah. There's a reason that uh, Basil Hayden is still one of the highest selling bourbons every year, you know, because yeah. it's approachable for new people. So, um, and the thing is, when you become, and I'll, you know, I'll hate myself for doing the air quotes, a bourbon guy, and you go mm -hmm. out and you really only like to drink bourbon, you better like some available bourbons because those are going to be your choices. You're going right. to, you know, most yeah. places are going to have an Eagle Rare, most places are going to have, mm -hmm. you know, a Four Rows, a small batch. You know, and so you better, you know, find the enjoyment in those because a lot of times that's, you know, what your selection is going to be. It's going to be Woodford, it's going to be Knob Creek, and it's going to be Eagle Rare. Yeah. yeah. Um, especially your, especially like you're not, like your bourbon bars obviously are going to do a little bit better. But yeah, if you're just going to like a regular restaurant or regular anywhere, like that's it. You know, it might just be Woodford and Bell Mead. You know, like it might, like that might be the only thing you've got. And so, yeah, you know it's derby time and pour me a Woodford. Hey, don't so, take a shot yeah. at Bell Mead. I like I like Bell Mead. No, no, I, I don't have any problem with Bell Mead. Um, I've got some finished ones. <laughs> I know you're not a big fan of that, but um, all right, so cool. So tonight, yeah. we are going to get into uh, just a conversation with Elliot, getting into bourbon, some of his collection. I know you're a big wild turkey guy. Then we're going to get into a replacement bourbon. We've got our fifth one. We're done replacing stuff after this week. Uh, we've got our replacement segment, and then we'll get into some pursuits and purchases that we've all kind of had over the last week or so. Um, ben and I went to a bourbon festival this weekend. We'll talk a little bit about that. That was a ton of fun. Yes. And then we'll get out of here and then review. We'll preview what we're reviewing at the end of the show. So, um, Brendan, I will let you start it off. Um, but let's get into uh, chatting with Elliot a little bit about his – uh, his whiskey journey and the wild turkey that he's so fond of. Uh, I knew this was going to happen. What is this? Brendan's, you know. Brendan, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> we said it was dialogue. Hey, Brendan, your internet's terrible. You got to fix it. Look like Newberg on the roll up. Look terrible. Let me text him. How embarrassing. He's probably still stalking. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bro. Okay. All right. Well, well, how about we keep going then? <laughs> Do you want to keep going or you want to just edit this out? I'll, oh, I'll edit this for sure. I'll edit all this. Jeez. Brendan's, he's done. Brendan's, Brendan's no way. 
<laughs> I can hear you guys. You can't hear yeah, me. Yeah, right he texted that he can right hear. Here. You can't hear me. <laughs> yeah, he's full of crap. Oh, goodbye, Brendan. Oh, here he goes. Here he goes. You just come get yourself, then. You got a second until Brendan gets back. Yeah. Jeez, what is this? I think he's sabotaging this on purpose because I said I wanted to start doing these live. And um, so he doesn't want to do it live. So he's like, oh, Ashley, make sure you stream 16 things of Netflix right now. And he knew it because I've been dying to get on. So he wanted to. He'd screw up your episode. (laughs) He'll blame me for probably screwing it up. <laughs> oh no, it's his every week. Like this is not a new thing. <laughs> All right. I mean, we're literally live streaming two two feeds from my house right now. Brittany came to keep one going. Oh my gosh. Um <laughs> Brendan put all these awkward questions in this write up and like it's gonna make me ask them. Did you see some of these questions? Uh. <laughs> I hate this guy. I'm not even letting him back in when he gets back in. All right, he said to go ahead, he's gonna reset his modem and then he'll jump back in when he can. So these are um, weird questions, uh, like yeah, above like first or, one? yeah, above or below average. Where do you see that? <laughs> You're so weird. I was like, man, I don't, I don't even see that in rundown. All right, we will. I remember how I like ended that, but we'll go back into it and say. Uh, but first, before we get the first one, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the one that that's the one. Hey, be quiet. I gotta edit this. I gotta edit like three times. <laughs> I didn't um, see it. All right, Brendan having a little bit of a technical difficulty over there. I don't know what's going on in the Sonone house, but we're going to move right along without him, and we'll add him back when he gets here. So we're going to start with Elliot, whiskey enthusiast and wild turkey collector. Um, we hear you've got a pretty big collection. This is this is Brendan's wording, so I'm going to ask it exactly like he wrote it, but maybe somewhat of an indelicate question. How big is it, hmm. the collection? What are we talking about? Yeah, I, um, I'm not a bottle counter, but I I probably have 150 open bottles of bourbon and oh you know, gosh. not scotch. We say whiskey because you know if it's not uh, Kentucky, if you want to get into that whole argument, but yeah, I, I probably got about 150 open bottles right now. How wow. many? How many unopened? If you had to guess, I'm not gonna go count, but. Not many. The only really, I mean, I'm I'm a guy who you hear this in the bourbon community. It's a big, you know, collect, sell, trade, drink. I drink, but I have my vintage wild turkeys that I just, I know, I hear so many people tell me how good they are. And I just haven't been able to crack them yet because I just love having this vintage turkey collection. To me, turkey is like the, the ultimate bourbon. You know, it's like the bedrock bourbon so you know i was been able over the years to kind of mostly trade you know people will go crazy you know you end up with a bottle of uh pappy or btac or something and you can really turn it for 
a nice old turkey. So yeah, those are the only ones that I don't open. And I, I will open them. I, I just love looking at them and I just love them. And <laughs> it sounds crazy, I know, but, uh, but I'm a drinker. So everything else, that's why they're all open. There's not a lot. The only other ones that are unopened are just the ones I haven't got to yet that I will. Yeah. Ben and I are very much like that. Like I, I do, I have traded, I have sold some things, um, mm-hmm. but if it's in my house, it's, it's open unless I just haven't gotten to it. Right. Like I've, I bought five things that week and just, you know, haven't gotten a chance to open it. Um, the only exceptions to that, I think in my house are, um, the Blantons with my kids' birthdays on them. Like that, like, that's just like when they turn 21, like I'll drink it with them, you know, like that's kind of my, and so like that to me, that's, yeah. you know, it's just a bland, yeah. right? It's not anything crazy, um, that I'm holding on to. Like, uh, yeah. we've been fortunate and lucky to run into some BTAC this year. I've got a Georgetown mm-hmm. stag open in my house. Ben has one here. That's a, uh, handy. Um, yep. yeah, like I, I don't. Now, if I'm going to trade, if I buy something with the intention of trading for something else, I mean, that's that's one thing. But yeah, I, I don't have a lot of unopened in my house. So I'm glad that you're kind of the same way, you know, with the exception of the the really old, like antique-ish stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I think trading is, you know, the way I built some of the stuff I really wanted. You know, I've learned in my experience, the selling is a more empty. Like at the time, it feels great. Like, oh yeah. my God, mm-hmm. I'm turning this for, I made 200 bucks. It's like then... Five years later, I'm like, damn, was that 200 bucks really worth not having that bottle? You know, that I like I had, you know, some of those special wrestle reserve bottles that were the um, I can't remember the years on, but they came in the wooden cases. They released two different versions Mm -hmm. of it. I picked one up at ABC one year. I was like, why is this on the shelf? And like, couldn't wait to sell it. You know, it's like, yeah, maybe I made a couple hundred bucks on the sale. You know, if you hit a really hot bourbon, a 300, 400, maybe. If you're lucky, I know that's not small potatoes, but you know, over time I've been more happy with the trades I've made that brought me some bourbon back. And I know people say, well, you trade it for money, then you buy what you want. And I get it, but yeah, <laughs> buying, getting a bottle to trade and to build up your collection is definitely something that I'm, I like doing. Yeah. So if you are walking into a store right now and there's a Russell's 13 at MSRP, are you buying you're buying two, drinking one, and then trading one, or is like is is selling pretty much non-existent anymore? It's all just like, hey, I'll I'll trade, but it's not not worth my time trying to trying to sell. It's not what I'm there trying trying to accomplish. Uh, if we find a Russell Reserve 13, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it's one of those things that happens a lot that it's so rare at the start, and right. then it becomes less rare, and then sometimes you do have to hit the trade the trade or the sell market quick. But you know, the best thing that's happened to me really is pick up two and sell one for MSRP to somebody in a group. Yeah, You will not believe the way that comes back on you over making a couple hundred bucks. I've gotten so many great bottles because people remember like there's a few, um, you know, uh, BTAC bottles I've gotten that I've been like, hey, you know, I paid 119 for it. You know, let's do a raffle. Yeah. Whoever gets it, just pay me the cost. That comes back on you so many times. People remember that and they're like, hey, I got mm. a great bottle. You know, I'd love to, to to pay you back and, you know, just pay me cost. I think it 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 pays you, it pays back for collecting that goodwill. We know there's a ton of flippers and a ton of people who scam, but the bourbon community mm. is in more a large part generous as hell. And mm. if you build up that goodwill, it's going to pay back 10 times over over the years. So. Yes, get two and maybe offer one to a group at MSRP and drink one. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. That's a that's not something I'll, I'll just be very transparent. That's not something that I've ever done or heard of. 
but that's an excellent way to look at it. Like, I, like you said, it's great yeah. to get that $300, you know, or, or whatever, you know, that you make right at the time. But man, if you really get something you like later, how much happier are you? Like I'm looking right now for the birthday bourbons, you know, in 2018 and 2020 when, mm -hmm. when Brian and Elena were born. And so, um, yeah, like to be able to get one of those and now obviously if I get a Pappy and sell it and then use the money, I mean, that's one thing, but yeah, I like that idea a ton. You, uh, you mentioned your, your love for wild Turkey. You think that's just kind of the mega, um, the, the classic, the ultimate bourbon. How did you fall in love with, with wild Turkey? Um, I never, and this is like, I think most people kind of went through the process of drinking current Turkey and, you know, and it was like, you know, it's got its iconic place in today's world too, but mm -hmm. I never drank <laughs> Turkey at that point. I had, I started getting into the 8101s, which is the, um, you know, the regular Turkey, but back from the eighties and nineties and was blown away by how good they were. And, um, this was back when, you know, they were like a hundred dollars a bottle on the secondary, you know, for like a $22 bottle that, you know, if you could find it on the shelf anymore, which, you know, is hard, but that mm. kind of just in, kind of sparked me with Turkey. And I just got so enamored with just like the look, the packaging, you know, everything about it to me just screamed what bourbon is, you know? So I started, you know, it, it happened with me that I was able to trade some stuff. You know, there's, there's certain bottles that like you say, fall into your lap and or somehow you know end up in your hands and you know i would trade them for you know i would always be looking for certain turkeys you know anything that's older a little bit rarer and you know the more i got them the more i just loved <laughs> loved mm. having them you know and uh and i can't even tell you it's because i love drinking them all because like i told you i'm an idiot and haven't opened them uh, speaking of older turkeys, so Elliot gave me this little, it's empty now, it's poured into this glass. This is a eight-year wild turkey 101, eight years old. Uh, a little bit of background, Elliot, can you give some uh, the listeners at home, uh, I guess, how old that that pour is that you shared with me? And um, I guess how you see the difference. Here's the 101 current for people watching. Here is the eight-year that you gave me, and the color difference is vast and um the nose, the taste, it's all just extremely different than, than what we get now. I think it was a 92, Brandon. Okay. It was early 90s. Um, yeah, and like I said, I mean, back in the day, you you know, 100 is a lot for a $20 bottle, but, you know, they're going for two, two fifty, three, four hundred now, so depending on the age. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I was buying those quite a bit when I could find them. I wish I had bought more not to flip or to sell, just to drink, mm -hmm. you know, because – they're so they're so cool that this shelf bourbon that you know how it's viewed today versus you know back then back then uh, you know it was it was an everyday drinker and now I, I we we talk about it and my friends and I just like what what made it so good you know mm -hmm. what was it you know higher quality production was it we you know we've talked about maybe something happens in the bottle although you know everybody will tell you nothing really ages in a glass bottle that's sealed for bourbon wise when you open it maybe you get some you know different things once you've opened a bottle but i don't know what it is i guess that's maybe part of why you know it's a little fascinating that it and it's just delicious let's basic you know we it all is. drink the bourbon because we love the way it tastes and it's delicious it it is amazing it's not even the same the the 92 version that you shared with me elliot thank you for that and then versus the current 101 it's not even the same bourbon it's not even remotely close it's amazing how much that's changed over the years um uh, 
So I'm not sure if the guys have asked you this question yet. It's a little indelicate, so excuse me. Uh, how big is it? And by it, I mean your your wild turkey collection. We definitely asked that. <laughs> Just like that, no, too, right? No, we didn't talk though, specifically about the wild turkey. I, I, <laughs> we, we talked a little bit about the of, you know some of the other bottles. But, yeah, I mean, I think I've got – it's not crazy big. It's like, you know, 15 very select or maybe 17 – you know, pretty rare and hard to find bottles. I, I'm not big in getting the decanters. I know okay. a lot of people like collecting the decanters. Um, that's not as interesting to me. Those are a little bit, you know, uh, you, you see those sometimes pop up a little more often. And then you got all the people saying, well, there's lead poisoning in those and all this. So, but yeah, uh, I probably, you know, I probably have about 17, what I consider, you know, older, rarer wild turkeys. What would you say your prize, like your favorite wild turkey bourbon that you have in your collection is? If you if you can narrow it down, I know it's like probably picking picking between kids to pick out a favorite. Um, well, single cask nation. I don't know if you guys know about single cask nation, but um, they do you know single barrel picks, and they used to do as a I'm trying not to get too uh, personal as a Jewish man. They used to do a, a whiskey jubilee series, and they're Jewish guys, and they. They just pick unbelievable bottles, and they picked a Wild Turkey uh, Whiskey Jubilee that I that I love having in my collection. I have a Kentucky Spirit that's you know I see they're selling for like fifteen hundred right now. It's a Japanese import or Japanese export, I guess. Um, so you know those those are cool to have. You know the donut is you know like a staple in your Wild Turkey collection. So I got a, a donut I love, but yeah, the one from Whiskey Jubilee Wild Turkey was a is a kind of a rare one that I really like, and um, and you know got the sentimental value with the whole Jewish thing. Um, you talked a little bit about being able to trade things in groups and do different things like that. How do you go about finding and procuring? Like we all have jobs. We all have like places we have to be during the day. Like, you know, some of us have some flexibility, actually a lot of all of us do have a little bit of flexibility, but like, you know, sometimes you have a meeting, you can't just always run out. Right. But like, how do you go about like finding stuff, procuring stuff aside from maybe like trading in groups and stuff? I think we all know it's hard as hell now. I mean, this is such a, it's become such a phenomenon that it's, it's almost impossible these days, unless you have some sort of connection or a buddy who has a liquor store thing. And I don't have any of that, but what mm -hmm. I think is so great is like every five months, what's readily available is now kind of rare, you know, like you could have picked up and maybe not five months, but you know, a year, maybe a year and a half ago, which in the bourbon world is, you know, an attorney, but the yeah. four rows single barrel store picks, were about 65 bucks you know now they're going for 400 dollars almost all of them you know because they're not oh, doing as wow. many barrel picks anymore you know we've all talked about smoke wagon you know smoke wagon we all probably could have you know been smoke wagon millionaires had we had had a little foresight but only five months ago or only six months ago you know so while it's as hard it's harder than ever to go out and find oh a happy or whatever stuff that's getting value is shifting all the time now you know, so five months ago, there was stuff that wasn't as valuable. It's eight times the price or six times as much now as it was just, you know, a year ago. So I think that's the only thing that gives you hope is that, you know, there's still stuff out there that's becoming, you know, uh, collectible and a chance to build your collection through that. You know, but it's yeah, I mean, we all hope, you know, we all have that same dream. We're going to walk into some random liquor store. Oh, nobody knows about this one. They have all this stuff on the shelf, you know, and it's. It, it just isn't happening anymore that, you know, I think you guys have probably talked about the ABC vault, which, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a big fan that they're doing that. You know, I mean, I, I, 
it, it hurts a little because they're back in the day. I used to be able to just be friends with the guy at ABC and he'd hold me a, a bottle of, you know, George yeah. T. Stagg from the B, BTAC collection. And he'd say, hey, I knew you'd come in. I have this for you. But um, at least it gives everybody an opportunity to get their hands on some of those bottles now, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you uh, do you like where the bourbon scene is right now as far as like the hype train of like everything Buffalo Trace is super, you know, allocated? Like I was in Walmart today and they were allocating uh, Buffalo Trace base, like one per customer, you know? And I think that's grown over the past couple of years to it just being like bourbon is just so sought after and so tracked and everything's allocated now. There's certainly uh, a, there's something like there's good about people enjoying bourbon because uh, we talk on this podcast a lot about how bourbon's all about, you know, people and stories and, you know, just hanging with, you know, with good people. And so the more people that are drinking bourbon is, you know, is the better, but you also have the, the other consequence of now Buffalo trace is allocated. <laughs> so where do you, where do you view the bourbon kind of market right now uh, versus what it was, you know, five, 10 years ago? That kind of stuff stinks, obviously that you can't go in and pick up, you know, those kind of bottles. But I think what's happening is a lot of stuff, not the high end, but a lot of those allocations, I think the smart people in bourbon who just don't dabble know there's a ton of good bottles on the shelf that may be equal to a Buffalo Trace or equal to an Eagle Rare that you can find. And, you know, some of the other people who only know a few different names are, you know, freaking out. Like, I'm not a huge Blanton's fan, and I know that's going to be, you know, probably sacrilege to some, you know, but... Nope. I'm never going to be worried. That not Blanton's... on this show, Elliot. Yeah. Not on this show. <laughs> not here. I'm never going to be worried that, a, you know, that a, a, a Blanton's allocated and some guy tells me, oh, I'm a huge bourbon fan, man. I love Blanton's. And I'm like, good. Go find all the Blanton's you can and leave me the other stuff, you know? So, yeah, yeah it, it's frustrating. You know, I think we all, you know, I don't know how far back y'all go, but, you know, you could walk into ABC seven days a week and get Weller 12, no problem. You can get the 175s of Weller 12 wow. on the shelves. No problem. And it wow. sucks that those bottles are now almost, you know, they're in the vault and you can't get them because the Weller 12 at the MSRP is a great friggin' bourbon, you know? Mm -hmm. But then somebody's gonna have to pay two, $300 to get a chance to try Weller 12, but it's not a two or $300 bourbon. Mm -hmm. But it was a great $30 12-year bourbon when you could get it on the shelf. So, uh, you know, it just, I think, and the other thing people talk about, which I think is accurate, is the the boon in bourbon has given life to so many others, the smoke wagons, you know, and so many of these other distillers that have come on the scene, you know, um, you know, I like, I like wilderness trail in the fact that they do a lot of barrel picks, you know, I, I love that. There's some of these yes. companies that are still doing barrel picks and I, I and I love trying to barrel pick. So, you know, it, it's given the rise to the new rifts, the smoke wagons, the, the wilderness trail. So the demand has helped in that sense. There's more, there's more choice now. What do you, we, we talk a lot about that, about, you know, you, you mentioned it, just how something being allocated doesn't make it better. And we know that, but if we see anything allocated on the shelf, you know, minus like maybe blends or, but even that, like if I see something allocated on the shelf at MSRP, like I'm going to get it and I don't need it. And I know there's better stuff for the same price, but we've, we've talked about that. What do you, and we rave on this show over old Forester 1920. And we say that like, man, that could be the one that like, isn't so easy to find on shelves again soon because it's cheap. Yeah. I mean, cheap enough, right? 60 bucks. 
115 proof, so much flavor, fantastic bottle. You know, so I'm stealing that one from you. Do you have any ideas on like what else? Like what are like some of those that like could be gone soon? Like that are like kind of the hidden gems that people need to be looking out for. Not, not, but maybe not in Tallahassee. Yeah, uh, you don't want them to buy your stuff. Tot- <laughs> <laughs> no, no, totally agree on the 1920. I mean, it's it's phenomenal, and you know, there's things that are underrated. I think uh, Brandon and I talked one night about, um, you know, I've been kind of keeping my eye out for the the Larceny Barrel Proof because I think the Larceny Barrel Proof is a great bottle. Now, it's another one that's a little bit harder to find. I haven't seen it around nearly as much, um, but I think that's a really good bottle. But the Rebel Yell um, Barrel Proof too, but they've marked that thing up like 20 bucks. That was a 50, mm-hmm. 40, $50 bottle. Now it's up to 70 or something. It's a really nice pour, but, you know, they've tacked on a big price tag increase. But that one's been showing up lately. Um, you know, I like those. I, I wish there was more places in town that were carrying some of those newer brands we talked about. I know Smoke Wagon's not coming to Florida, but, you know, Wilderness Trail in Tallahassee, but it is in Florida in a lot of places. Um, those are really cool. I like, I like drinking those. Um, you know, uh, I'll try, you know, I think the smooth ambler, it still does a lot of barrel picks Mm -hmm. and you can still find some of those barrel picks, which is nice. The smooth amblers is still a bottle that's on the shelf in the 12 and 13 year, um, you know, area that's, you know, 70, 80 bucks, which, you know, I know it's a little high, but you know, for a 13 years, not bad, not a bad price. So, you know, I, I think there's still stuff out there that you can go to and drink. And like you said, Old Forester 1920 is probably one of the easiest, best bottles still to grab, you know, any day of the week, you know, because it's everywhere and it's awesome. Before we go too much past that, the proof is a little lower. Do you like the 1910 as well? Because I actually like the 1910 better because it's like the toasted barrel. And these guys give me so much crap for it. So you don't have to like it better, but do you at least like it? It's the wrong opinion. I do. I have the 1910. That's the 1910 and 20 are the two I have on my shelf. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I you, do like it. I don't like it as no. I don't like it as much as the 1920. But yeah. Preach. I do like it. Um, I've blended them. And I've made know, the. Have you, have you think, made the 1915? <laughs> I have not had the 1915. Yeah. No. They they say like I've I've blended them and they are good. Like they kind of balance each other out. Like I don't know the the 1920 drinks pretty hot to me. And I know it's 115 proof, but. The sweetness of that and the high proof of the other, they do make a really nice blend. I I blended a couple of bottles of mine and um, let them sit for like three weeks and it was pretty good. Brandon, don't shake your head at me right now. Uh, ask uh, your um, question before I get mad. Enough, enough of TJ's shameless toasted bottle uh, barrel labeling. Fanboy. It's, oh Fanboy. my God. Every episode, I swear. Um, so so keeping in mind with, with value, Elliot, and then combining it with your love of wild turkey products, Right now, like, what's the best bang for your buck wild turkey product that you can find? I guess relatively available, even if it's like a limited edition. If you can like reasonably find it, even on secondary market, what's what's the best wild turkey product out there right now? In your opinion, um, that's a good question. Um, Thank you. You know, there's been some of those master keep releases. Mm-hmm. That, the rare breed, of course. Um, right. you know, some of the That's master right. key releases have been really good and they're expensive. You know, they are 150 or depending on the release. But if mm-hmm. you got, if you live in a city with a total wine, they're on the shelves there quite often. You know, and I know a lot of people do live in those, you know, cities with those kind of big box stores. Those are sitting on the shelves a lot. Some of them are really good. You know, the decades, I think, was one that was really well received. Um, 
you know, I think that's probably where I look. I, you know, there's the father and son that's out now that I've, I've been trying to find. I haven't been able I to, try to track that down yet. Um, I'm with you. I, I know we're all looking to try the 13 only because not only is it, you know, the newest release, but people are kind of saying it's pretty darn good mm-hmm. on top mm-hmm. of that. But I don't, yeah. So I, you know, I, I've been drinking other stuff more, but I think like we talked about, you're going to hear uh, coming up in a little bit. Some of the Russell reserve barrel picks are, you know, great to pick up as well. You know, those are, those are fun picks and, and they give you at least a little bit of a different, uh, different, experience every time you find a different barrel so brendan tells me and, and ben's not a big fan either but i want to ask you you're not a big fan of finishes right like whether that's finished in a is it just like stuff that's finished in like another other, other kind of alcohol or do you also not like the toasted finishes or the double oak stuff or what are your what are your thoughts on finishes and what do you dislike about because ben hates them too brendan yes. and i are, are kind of fanboys on them but i want to hear from you well, I, I'm okay with I'm okay. I'm I'm not a big fan of the finishes and other liquor barrels, wines, beers, you know, um, cordials. I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I was I was uh, joking around with Brendan one night. I'm like, does bourbon not taste good enough that you need to add <laughs> and rub? Uh, you know, uh, yes. orange curacao Preach. flavor to it. Or no, oh, that's yes. over the top, yes. sir. I don't like orange yes. curacao. It, it tastes so good as it is. I don't need the other stuff. And and for yes. me, I think a lot of them end up just a little too sweet for me. Really, is all it is. But I, you know, they they have the um up at um one of the locals. They have the barrel. Uh, bourbon that's finished in like four different yeah, sea glass, sea I think it's called. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, we, and we drank it last week. We just reviewed it last week. <laughs> um, guess who? Guess who bought it and shared it with everyone last week, Elliot? <laughs> okay, so how was it? I mean, people are saying it was pretty good. Uh, Dude, dessert. Okay, I I don't like finished bottles. That was it. Was very good. Like it was. It's 115 proof. And it was definitely on the sweeter spectrum. We drank it after Brendan. What was our first bottle we reviewed? Because we did three samples last week. We did the kosher rye from um, right. from Buffalo Trace first. So we started with that, and then we went into the seagrass. And we definitely when we when I first drank it, I, I said I was like I'm picking up like peaches, like and that goes to like the apricot uh, brandy barrels. And so it was definitely on the sweeter end. It was not as sweet as other finished bottles that i've had like if you go and get like a a rum cask double rye or you know that like super sweet product and so i i enjoyed it i thought it was a 115 proof bottle that drank at 108 to 110 and i was pretty pleased with it so So just my typical review the the big difference there being that the massive proof combined with the sweetness brought it down. When you when you age a double rye that's like 90 proof down or no double rye is closer to 100, isn't it? It's 50.5. But when you have a hundred proof something that's finished in rum, you know, it's it's gonna be a little bit different there. So um yeah it's funny because I was thinking about the other night because I poured I have I like the Parker's Heritage collection and I got I poured a a, a glass of one of my bottles of that and I realized it was finished in a caras- orange carousel uh, barrel. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. I said, holy crap. I've been making fun of Brendan and all this, but it, it didn't have that sweetness. So I, you know, it's probably something I should try more. But at the price, you know, I, I just feel like, you know, taking the risk, there's some other things I'd probably prefer 
taking the yeah. risk on than, than the ones that are finished. Like, uh, that, but that, you know, High West um, is a company I like. I like some, some of their boards, and they do a lot in those kind of finished barrels. Their new Double mm-hmm. Rye, I think, mm-hmm. is one, and I was, like, dying to get it. They rebranded it with this cool black label and everything, and then I saw yep, it. Yep, yep, yep. You know, some wine, Madeira barrel or something. Oh, like that. yeah. But one thing that uh, I, uh, but you know, I, that's, that's all it's, it's the sweetness mainly for me that, that kind of gets me. I would agree. I think one thing that has turned me off historically with like barrel finished product is like, it was originally there to like cover up bad juice, uh, to just make it kind of like palatable. But now if you get the right distillery with the right, uh, blender or, you know, head distiller there then they're going to put out pretty good product. But I think originally when they first started, it was like, how can I make this drinkable? Right. And that's what it turned into. And so now it's getting a little more refined, but it really goes back to, do I trust the distillery more than anything else? And that's the thing, because like you guys said, you know, the market just blew up and every gimmick in the world was coming out to try to get people to buy stuff. So yeah, it's like, you know, with the Jefferson's ocean, you know, it was like that, that was pushed. And I've had a couple of their, their, you know, releases that weren't bad, you know, but I'm not going to go and buy a bunch of Jefferson ocean just because, you know, they put it out yes. in the sea for a little while, you know, yes. uh, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I think that's why, you know, get That's why what's so great when you do bourbon, right. With friends, with community, with places that you can go and meet other bourbon drinkers, you get that feedback. And then, yeah, when you trust people's palate, they say, yeah, this one is really good. You're going to try it. Of course. Yeah. Because yeah. you know, somebody who you trust and they like it and, you know they're they're uh, you rely on what they you know what they tell you so that's why the community part for both building your collection for knowing what to drink all that is so great about bourbon so we are going to jump to our next segment we have two seconds we'll get out of here these are much quicker but we appreciate you kind of running through your collection and your how you got into it and stuff it's, it's always fascinating our first show we we definitely went into like how we fell in love with bourbon i never get tired of hearing people talk about how they developed a love for something I love. So it's, it is always neat. Um, we do a replacement segment. Yeah, this is our and, fifth one. Sorry, I'll just, oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead. Sorry. Say, you really start to tell your collection when you, not the bottles, the shelves. Oh, this shelf's not good <laughs> enough to hold my bottles. And now I got to get the bigger shelf. This shelf, that's when, you know, that's when you realize you're starting to grow your collection. It's not the amount of bottles. It's the type of shelves that you have to keep replacing. You know, yeah. and you can fit everything on the top of a table at one point in your life. And you're like, that doesn't work anymore. <laughs> yeah, my uh, my wife's pa- or our pantry slowly got taken over into a small little alcohol cabinet, and now that I have two of those, one in the like under the yeah. stairs closet, and my wife's like, "You're not buying another one of those." And I was just like, oh, "We'll see, we'll see." <laughs> Amazon sells them really cheap, so we'll, we'll see about that. Um, we talked about finishes. We're gonna we're gonna replace something that's finished, and you can replace this however you want. Brendan, you have the bottle. So talk to us about what we're replacing and let's each replace it. And then we'll move on to our final segment and get out of here. Brendan, go ahead. All right. Well, I didn't know I was going to be talking about it, but I was going to show you guys. I got a midwinter night dram. It's from High West Distillery, which Elliot mentioned earlier. They do a lot of sourcing, but they do a really great job with it. We've talked about it before on the show. TJ is a huge fanboy. Uh, the midwinter night dram specifically is a rye whiskey i think it's their double rye if i'm not mistaken it's rendezvous it's a rendezvous rye okay it's a rendezvous rye that is finished in a port barrel wine cask so port wine is a it's a red red wine 
uh, but more of like a ruby red. It's from, uh, I think it's from like Portugal or Spain. Uh, and that region, and it's more of a dessert wine. So it's going to be very sweet. Uh, so what it does is it takes that rye spice and it smooths it out a little bit with that sweet uh, port finish. I love it. I think it's great. I can I can hear Elliot rolling his eyes from here. I can't even <laughs> see it. I can hear it. Uh, but, but it is a no. very... Go ahead. You, I, I, you like I, it, I like I like that bottle, Brandon. I do. I like yes. that bottle. Yeah, I do. I think I it's do. I think it of I like it. Sorry, of the ahead. of the finished uh, products out there. It's probably one of the most like well received ones, generally speaking. It's going to be about uh, a TJ. How much? So I've seen it for like eighty five to hundred dollars in person. Never in Tallahassee. One time in upstate New York. Another time in Gainesville. Uh, mm-hmm. But don't you have a connect TJ that can maybe you know get a little bit lower than than that on on you, uh, used to be able to yeah used to be able to get a little bit easier um, it's getting tougher and tougher like everything else but um, MSRP is is between ninety and hundred bucks okay you know, all right but point. but secondary if you go ahead and Google that and try to get it online it's going to be up over two fifty two yeah anywhere well depending on like which act and scene it is I mean you might be looking right. at anything from like two twenty to uh, 400 you know right. like what something really yeah. crazy so so a covered a coveted whiskey one that only comes out once a year uh allocated an annual release so yeah one that is uh hard hard to find i found it a couple times but you have to really go out of your way for it like i said i was almost in canada when i found it for the first time in person so who wants to go first if you are telling the listeners what to re- what to buy instead of that, right? Yeah. That's a hard one to buy. You can't just run up to your local liquor store and buy that. Ben, start us off. What are you, what are we replacing midwinter nights mm. with? Okay, so this is very difficult because I don't. There are not a lot of rye finished in like port cask bottles out there. Certainly at the price point at uh, like eighty dollars. So. If you're going to have to go and find something similar to this, I'm going to say probably it, it ain't cheap. I'm going to say you go Whistle Pig 12 year old world, which is a their rye finished in uh, Madeira, French Sauterne and uh, Port Gasque. You get a little bit of all of it, right? You're going to spend $120 on the bottle. <laughs> Which ain't the best trade, right? Ain't the best replacement, but you can find it at 120 bucks. It's cheaper than it's cheaper than midwinters on secondary, right? Okay. So, I, I, and I like the. I will say I like the whistle pig 12. It's my favorite of the whistle pigs. I like it more than the 15, but I also like finished stuff. Um, but I also think most of whistle pig is overpriced in general, right? So you're planning on spending a lot of money, spend a little less, save 60 bucks or 100 bucks. And getting the West Pig 12, but the uniqueness of midwinters is really hard to replace. There's a great story there. We talked about bourbon being a story, and it tells a great story being part of like shake a play on Shakespeare Shakespeare's Midsummer Night's Dream and annual releases, and they're named after act and scene. So it's really freaking cool. But if you need to go and grab a bottle immediately, that'll replace it. Whistle Pig 12, probably your best option. So your replacement is for people to just go out and buy midwinters. Yes, your replacement is go just save up, just wait and buy it. You know, Amazing. But I don't have. There's not a whole lot out there. Uh, it's a tough one. We've done other ones, Elliot. We've replaced blends. We've done Weller um, 
12. 12. 12 we've yep. done uh, Toasted Barrel, Michter's, mm-hmm. and then we did um, – boy, what was the last one? That was uh, it. Blends. It was Blends. No, we did Blends. Uh, blends, Weller 12, Michter's Toasted Barrel. Four. This is four. four. No, this is fifth. We did one last week. What was it? Um, Weller. Oh, Stack yeah. Jr. So anyway, uh, so yes. this is this was tough because because of the finish. Uh, who wants to go next? Elliot, Brendan. I I've got one. I I'll can only imagine what. El- oh, go ahead, go I'll ahead, Elliot. Go I, I can only imagine. No, 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 Elliot, go, 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 go. go. <laughs> I just a few ones to throw out there, and they're not rye. I don't believe off the top of my head, but um, Bauman does a port finish, which you know is not readily available on shelves, but probably not going to be a secondary mark that's really high. Um, one of my favorite companies, 1792, they do a port finish. Um, if you wanted to try something that's got that kind of flavor and then something that's just not port finish, but try a different, uh, you know, bottle from them. Try, you know, the, uh, Borai or the son of Borai or the, um, yes, I think it's Borai, bourbon rye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, or, uh, I like light whiskeys actually. And I know a lot of people don't, but their American Prairie light whiskey is good. So if you are saying, okay, maybe I'm not going to find that exact expression, try another bottle from High West. They're all over the shelves, and you know, and you can get them. So, agreed, Brendan. Uh, so I have a suggestion, but I have well, I have two suggestions. One I have not tried, but it's called Dad's Hat. It is a rye whiskey, and they have a port finished version of it. So it's a port finished rye, similar proof, maybe even a little bit higher what the midwinter nights dram is uh you can find it at my abc on sale quite a bit like in the 40 dollar range and i've seen reviews where people have said like this is comparable to midwinter night dram except for it's half the price and it's accessible uh i have not tried it so i can't say you know i would recommend it but that is one that if you're looking for something almost ideal in terms of type of whiskey and type of finish uh that would be one uh, i am going to recommend i'm going to stick with the port barrel finish here this is Chattanooga whiskey, which I have talked about here on the show before. Yes. This is their port cask. Look how red. I don't know if it's showing on the video. Probably not doing it justice, but it is super ruby red, super mm-hmm. port cask influence. It's tawny port, um, similar proof to the rye, uh, to the rye whiskey of the Midwinter Night Dram. But this is not a rye mash bill. It's an undisclosed mash bill. I do believe it's high malt, uh, so it's a little funkier, a little different than than what you would expect, like a a bourbon that's finished in, in port cask to be. Uh, so, and it doesn't quite have the spice of the rye, but it does have this this weird, uh, almost kind of nutty taste, uh, like walnut, not not like peanut, but more like walnut. It's good. It's interesting. Mm. If you like the port finish in the Midwinter Night Dram, uh, I think you'll probably enjoy this too for about half the price and readily available online for sure. You can find it. Uh, you can order online for about 45, 50 bucks. So mine's a little tougher to find, but it kind of goes along with what Elliot was saying. Um I, I like, so I like the sweeter stuff. I like a lot of the high West finishes and you can usually find them as store picks. Elliot mentioned that he saw one just the other day. Um, it was the, it was the, I think it was the American Prairie that was in the Madeira, but whichever, like I have a, I have a double rye in a, uh, or no, no, I have a double rye in a Madeira. I have a double rye in a Madeira. I have a double rye in a rum. I have a double rye in a, um, sherry cask. I have a double rye. Like I, I like the finishes and those are not. I mean, you're not always going to find them on stores, but a lot of stores around me do them fairly often. And so I'm, I'm able to find one every couple of months. And so um, I like the uh, high West finish stuff. They're not terribly expensive. You can get them between 45 and 50 bucks. I think I paid 55 at one time, but, but I, I like those a lot. So 
um, that would be my my replacement. And to if finish you live in that. a ship, if you live in a ship to state, sorry, if you live in a ship to state, there's tons of those store picks that you can get shipped to Florida. Now you pay an extra fifteen bucks on mm-hmm. shipping, but yeah, you can go online to different liquor stores around the country who ship and and find those as well. Yeah. So that's a replacement segment. Our last segment that I know we've been on here for a little while. We started late, so wrap it up here. But our favorite segment of the show, pursuits and purchases, trademark, copyright, patent pending, all those things. Um, Ben, let's start with you. What are you looking for or what have you bought in the last week? So uh, today I was meeting up with TJ at uh, a Walmart that had a liquor store attached to swap some samples and I walked in and they had uh EH Taylor small batch for like 45 bucks. So how do I, how do I pass that up? Right? Like yeah. it's not the best thing in the world. At a, at Walmart, that's great. That's a at great Walmart, one. Right? Yeah. For 45 bones. Like you just got to buy that thing. All right. We're and, reviewing uh, that next week and you're sending us all samples. Anyway. So back to the show. <laughs> <laughs> You know, EH but yeah, you have to buy that. On absolutely insane. Oh, it's insane. Elliot, insane. When, when you were sharing, it's crazy. When when you were sharing, Elliot, your like experience with things with with whiskey just jumping up in price and like what changes every few months or so. When I started collecting, maybe about like three years ago, EH Taylor was readily available for forty five dollars. The rye of EH Taylor was readily available just about mm-hmm. like three or four different stores. You can get it like it was like five or six uh, bottles deep. Um, would even find the the single barrel expression a couple times, like and now like it's almost impossible. Yeah, so the, good on you. The be, barrel, good on you, ben. the barrel, the barrel proof. I mean, there was a, I lived in Sarasota, Tampa for a year and a half, two years in between my time at FSU, mm-hmm. and I think it's I want to say Jay's. I can't remember. It's Jay's Wine Store. It's in down near Sarasota. They get cases of barrel proof, man. I'd go down there and load up on barrel proofs at seventy five dollars a bottle. Good luck now. Wow. You know, no, now the. The secondary on that's like what, like probably four hundred dollars for a bottle. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's absurd. Yeah. I, that's that's not nearly as shocking as the small batch and the single barrel that those have gone crazy because those yeah. were, you know, good. Hey, I, yeah. I would buy it every day. No, no knock, but I don't think they're phenomenal bourbons. The single barrel and the small batch, they're good. But I will the trade fact this. That they've gone so crazy. <laughs> I will trade this for a midwinter night. <laughs> <laughs> it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't trade that high brendan we'll see have you bought anything this last week or are you looking for anything nope still looking for the couple scotches if people want to keep a lookout for me uh the lagavulin 11 uh edition nick offerman edition finishing guinness uh Ooh. cask oh that was a good pop uh that i'm looking for um lafroy cardias uh the pedro jimenez uh cast strength uh, that's another scotch I'm looking for. That's about it. I'm being a good boy until we go to upstate New York and find some pretty cool stuff up there. Last time I said I came away with a midwinter night dram uh, at about 80 bucks. So hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, shopping near Canada will help me out again in a month or so, week or so at this point. Elliot, do you have anything that you've bought over the last week or anything you're looking for, any pursuits or purchases? Um, I was at the local ABC today, and just to keep my points going, I bought uh, this year's Pinhook bourbon. Um, I think the Pinhooks are a pretty decent value. Yeah. You know, I like them. I think they're, you know, a nice variety to have in your collection. So I bought a Pinhook today. Um, like everyone else, Russell Reserve 13, as soon as that lands. 
Um, I'm mm-hmm. always looking to finish my BTAC collection. I do not have a SAS. I have a handy. I don't have a SAS. So uh, I need to add that to get my full collection there. And then I've kind of, I think a lot of people are kind of snooping around Costco waiting for their Barton release of their small batch, single barrel, and, you know, the Kirklands. We got the small batch. Try. There you go. Yeah, we got a small batch. So maybe, maybe they'll send up some sample. Well, they can't send no. Maybe they will drive up some samples. Yeah, we'll drive up some samples because sending it to the mail is illegal. Yeah, but I think we'll drive it up. Right, but I think yeah, the Kirklands will be fun. You know, to try to kind of try. You know, they're barn sourced, and I like I said, I'm a 1792 fan in general. Mm-hmm. I think because they oh, do yeah. so many different types of bourbons and. And they're usually—they're not even nearly readily available like they used to be, but they're still—you can get your hands on them. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I'm looking for at this point in my life, but I did pick up a couple of uh, bottles from a buddy that uh, through Bourbon Enthusiast. Um, he's sending these to me. He's—he didn't want anything, so he's sending these to me. Um, I got a Smoke Wagon Small Batch, a New Riff store, a New Riff like Bourbon Enthusiast store pick. Mm-hmm. And then an American Prairie High West finished in. Am I saying this right? Banyuls, B A N Y U L S. I don't know. Probably um, not. Those. I think it's Banyay. So it's not Banyays. But uh, <laughs> talking about finishes in High West, I, I got one of those. So picked those all up at retail. So that's kind of fun to uh, to get stuff at a good deal. Um, well, retail's not a good deal. It's just what you should pay. But. Um, so that's what I, uh, picked up this week have not been delivered just yet. Um, all right, that's it. That's it for pursuits and purchases. That's it for the show. We will be reviewing with Elliot on Thursday morning, not really on Thursday morning, but it'll come out on Thursday morning. Russell's reserve single barrel. That's right, baby. Let's go store pick tune in on Thursday morning, wherever you watched or listened to this, um, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, YouTube, wherever. (laughs) That's brutal. And we will review that. Um, Elliot, thanks so much for hanging out with us tonight, man. This is a blast. Thank you. Thank you, guys. And like I said, I've been uh, begging uh, Brendan to get me on for a while. So I appreciate y'all having me. Thank you. You're welcome. We've been trying to get you on as well. um, And Brendan's been shutting us down. So if you are looking to uh, do a bourbon podcast, Once a week, we're looking for a replacement for one of our hosts. I won't say who. Yeah, um, out. Sorry, the one with the worst internet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you guys for hanging out. Thanks, guys, for tuning in and checking us out. It's Bourbon on a Budget on all social media platforms. We will see you guys on Thursday for the review. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs>